And he also runs our, our men's ministry, but he also does, he does a lot. Dave's around. Well, actually, what I am going to talk about is probably the one thing above everything else that I would want to talk about. And it's because it does happen outside these walls. Um, I and others spend several hours a week over at what we call the detention center. And it's the Salt Lake Valley Juvenile Detention Center, which is a part of the state of Utah's Department of Human Services Juvenile Justice System or service. But uh, the one thing that makes me excited about talking about it is because in my experience, it's where the real adventure is. And it's really where the, the spirit has a chance to move in a very challenging and difficult situation. But as Daryl was talking about, the prodigal son was a story I'm very familiar with. So there's a lot of real personal um, interest and uh, desire and, you know, just speaking from what God has done in my life to, to go speak in, into the lives of the, the youth at the detention center. But I'm sensing that that story is a little bit more common for maybe people my age, and it still is around. But whereas we talk about that as a, a man returning to a place, most of these youth have never even experienced that place that we think of as returning back to that father. Now, spiritually, we see that happening. But most of these youth, and so I want to just make sure that we understand, because really the basis for everything that we do here is scriptural. So I just want to read shortly here a couple of verses that Jesus taught. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing, when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And he will say, I will tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So those in the detention center, they're between 12 and 17 years of age, both boys and girls, who the state has determined pose a significant threat to the community. They are secured in a lock detention center to provide a short-term confinement for delinquent youths awaiting an adjudication, placement, or serving a sentence ordered by the courts. 
They participate in school, cognitive behavioral skill building groups, and recreational activities. They may spend up to a year at the detention center. In my experience, about a quarter of these boys have children of their own. Wow. Most have not known a father in their lives, let alone the love of a father. They have learned the hard way to not trust anyone. They put their needs for attention, respect, value, and the love before others. And after repeated failures, the consequences of their sins have put them in the care of the courts. They are housed in groups or pods with others similar in the severity of their crimes and age. They need a trusted friend, a kind soul, and the love of a father. But what we do is very simple. We just talk about Jesus, who he is, what he has to say, what he has done for us, and what he wants to do for them. And only for the reason that he loves them in spite of all of their bad judgment and all of their poor decisions and the reasons why they've ended up there, paying the consequences mm -hmm. of their sins. But it is these simple truths that plant a seed in the smallest of some fertile soil. And we're there every week to try to water that, to try to cause it to grow, pruning some weeds, but we do begin to see it show signs of life. Mm. And these walls that have been put up to hide their fear and their hopelessness begin to break down. Mm. And we really begin to see the spirit move. And that is really what the adventure is because it is so um, exciting in spite of the opposition, and there is opposition. I don't want to make this sound like it's just a bed of roses, but there's opposition both from the world and from the world of the spiritual nature. Mm. And I will have to confess there's even the weakness of our flesh. When I'm tired, when I'm discouraged, with, when I'm frustrated, when I'm feeling like I just I'm unprepared, sometimes all it is is a simple prayer and the, uh, the remembrances of the promises of God to cause me to persevere and to go, and God just blesses the time that His Spirit ministers to these kids. Amen. And we see the fruit. And you never know, you know, because they come and go, and sometimes all you're really doing is planting seeds. And sometimes you get to see the fruit of that happen, and most often maybe you don't. But they, they, they might even be just gone the next week once you start to really experience something. But it's really something that um, I think we're just blessed to be a part of. Um, as I said, I think it's what really in my life has become the adventure of life worth living for. It's the uncertainty of what God is doing sometimes. It's the, uh, the amazing thing to put yourself in a position where you just have to trust him. We do have guidelines. Um, 
to follow and foremost is to make it about Jesus. You do have to be at least 21 years old and you have to have no felonies and you have to pass a background check. But we're always looking and in need of anybody that wants to come and partner. We partner with other churches in the valley. Uh, we're there on Monday nights and we're there every Sunday. So um, if you feel like you want to be a part of uh, something where you get to go minister to Jesus in prison, come see me. So how often do you go, Dave? I go Monday nights and then one Sunday a month. So you go every Monday night or? It, we, it varies, but it varies. for the most part, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, have okay. A, we have a team there every Monday night. Okay, yeah. all right. So is that something you, you feel like the Holy Spirit is stirring in you? Talk to Dave afterwards. So when you think or when you hear the word outward focus, what, what do you hear? Throw out, throw out, yell out some words. Tell me what you hear. Come on, be brave. Not self-centered. Not self-centered. That's a good one. Anybody else? Helping. Pardon me? Helping. Helping. Okay, very good. Giving. 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 Serving. Serving. Events. Say that again. Nation. Sacrifice. Wow. I think those are great words. Those are they're very descriptive words of what um, being outward focused. Now, do you think it's um, an event, which it can be, obviously, or, or, do you th- or do we believe it's a lifestyle? Lifestyle. So do we believe that if we believe it's an lifestyle, that the movement of God on the face of the earth today would open doors for you and I to participate or put our hands to this lifestyle. In other words, it's more that, than doing an event that we're doing, but maybe it's as you enter your workspace. Maybe it's as you... Go to a family event. Maybe it's when you go to the gym or the ballpark. Or maybe it's all those little sub-relationships that we have with different people that we have. I have them. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here kind of going, oh... I'm. I'm. Uh, I do go. Uh, I, I. I do go to the gym. Um, I don't like gyms that much. My dad was a bodybuilder, and I grew up in one. Um, yeah, I know. You look at me, and you're going, "How oh, your dad?" <laughs> I get it, but he was. Trust me. <laughs> you know, and so that. That's. I. I literally grew up in Vic Tannies, which is now Vasa over a period of time. So I don't like them. I try to stay away from them, but I don't want to create. So anyways, I do not like saying hello to people when I don't know their name. So if I go by and I'm saying hello to somebody every day or every time I'm there, I'm eventually going to say, what is your name? Hi, my name is Daryl. And so I'll go through the gym 
And I'll say, hey, Juan, hey, Angel, hey, Ron, how you guys doing? These are regulars. And my brother-in-law look at me and says, how do you know their name? Well, I, I say, I introduce myself to people. I don't like to say, hey, I like knowing people's names, don't you? Are, are you okay with the A? I, yeah, I like to greet people. I like to know their name. I mean, so, so, but it also creates, when I know somebody's name, it also gives me the opportunity to have conversations with them. There's a strategy in knowing somebody's name. And, I, and over time, I've been able to share my light. So I'm just saying... Daniel. Daniel's going to talk a little bit about one of our outreaches. He's going to come up. Then I'm going to give an awesome sermon. We'll see. Well, good morning. morning. See, I'm just wanted to just briefly talk about uh, outreach, what I believe God's heart for outreach. And and here we have, uh, and Daryl's touched on these, but the two... um, uh, uh, I guess big outreaches that we do uh, once a year are Westfest and the Trunk or Treat. Those are the two that every year we, we do and we try to impact as many children as we can. You know, we used to do a number of them. Those are the two that really stood out that, you know what, we're getting a lot of kids coming to these. There, so it felt like there was a need. And um, just for, for a second, I just want to talk about God's heart for outreach. And um, uh, Jesus was always outward focused, right? If you look at, if you look at Jesus' ministry, he was constantly focused on other people. He po- constantly put other people's needs ahead of himself. He was serving people, loving people. That's, that, and, and that, to me, just shows the heart of God. That The heart of God is that, that we would be outward focused, putting other, need, other people's needs above what our own needs may be. Um, it, it, it allows us, I think, to get outside of ourselves. To get, you know, there was a time, this was years ago. Um, oh, man, probably about... 10 years ago now. Um, but uh, I, was, I was driving in my car, and I was just really, honestly, I was just in a funk. I was not happy with the direction my life was going. I, I was frustrated with every um, career path I was taking, a number of different things that were causing me, me to be frustrated. And, um, and I just remember driving and just kind of feeling sorry for myself. And, um, and God just spoke, spoke to me and said, the way out of this is to stop looking at yourself and start helping other people. And I remember, um, unfortunately, at the moment, I, I, I didn't quite have the frame of mind to be able to get there, but I think it was probably maybe uh, s- within six months to a year later where God really began to, uh, to help me get out of that. But, uh, but, but it was so true, when, and the way out of that was just that, that I stopped focusing on myself and started focusing on others, and, 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 that, and that's, what, that's what Jesus did, and, and, I, and I believe that that's, that's what we can do. A healthy church focuses on others. It's not just about making a safe place here and to, for, for us to come and to, and to have a good time and to talk about Jesus. If that's all we're doing, man, we are missing the boat. Because it's about making a place for others to be able to come in and feel welcome. Or, beyond that, going out to them. Yeah. God has called us to love the unlovable. Now, I think it's important for each of us to figure out who is the unlovable for me? Who's the unlovable for you? Maybe it's time for you to start loving that person. Because you know what? And I'm going to say this, this might step on a few toes. Not going to go into any more detail than this, but God cares more that we love other people 
than about the causes that we want to fight for. So I'm just going to leave it at that and let you wrestle yeah. with that for a little bit. Mm. Why do I enjoy outreach? I enjoy just honestly, the, I mean, the outreach is like Daryl mentioned. The, the outreaches that we do are, are really built around children. And, uh, and, and we have fun things, like we give them candy here in a couple of weeks on the 31st. We give them the opportunity to make capes. But uh, just seeing the look on their faces, they come in and they make a superhero cake, cape. Superhero cake? Um, superhero cape. And, uh, or, or, or getting candy. Or um, they, they get a, a cool comic book they get to take home and read. And, 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 and I just love seeing uh, the looks on their faces. I love seeing the divine appointments. We have people that uh, we, we've been able to pray for. Uh, people that, that begin to recognize and say, oh, you guys are the hero people. I, lo- I, I love what you're doing, you know? Just, just seeing the, the people that we're able to encounter and, uh, and, and just share Jesus' love. And, and, and to me, one of the biggest things that, that we're doing here is we are putting the Word of God in the hands of these children yeah. through comic book form. But, the, but, but they are going home and they're reading about Jesus or they're reading about some of the other heroes from the Bible like David. Uh, and, uh, and, and I just love that. And, and, and let's put this in perspective. There have been, through the outreaches that we've done over the year, thousands of kids who now have the Word of God in their home. Ooh. Thousands. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, and, and just going to continue. Um, so, I love it. And there are multiple ways that you can get involved. Um, Number one is just serve at the outreaches. Come, you know what? Bring your trunk. Bring a thing of chili if you, like, I don't want to give candy out of my trunk, but I can bring it. I can bring some chili and just hang out and talk to people. Great. Or, um, you know, if you're like, you know what? I can't make it that night, but here's some candy. You know, just, just get involved with the outreaches, whatever way that you can. On, at Westfest, come and serve. Time, sign up for a time slot or two and, and come and, and uh, help the kids make capes. You know, just Serving at the outreaches is, 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 of course, one of the ways that you can be involved. Another way, we really need help with coordination. Uh, like, just, just people who are, who are able to say, you know what, yeah, I, I'm, I want to serve there, but, but I, I want to be more involved as far as helping um, coordinate the craft, for example, or help coordinate the setup for the trunk or treat, or, or uh, coordinate the, you know, we always give a prize, we, we try to give a prize to the best uh, decorated trunk, things like that, you know, and you're like, you know what, I love things like that, I can, I can coordinate that. We need people who are, who are able to take it a, a step beyond just coming and serving, and, 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 and we've had some people step up over the last couple of years, it's been great, and we could use some more. There's just, uh, I, you know, if, if you want to come talk to me at any point, I can tell you all the different facets and, and what is involved in making specifically Westfest. Trunk or treat is not quite as complicated as Westfest, although there's a lot that goes on there. But, uh, but, but, but Westfest, there are like multiple different things that go on to make it happen. And, uh, and uh, we, we, we need help with, with those. And so come talk to me if that's something you're interested in. And then, um, uh, and then, then even going beyond that, people who are willing to, uh, who are, passionate about looking at the big vision. Where are we going with this? Because a lot of t- it's easy for things like this to just think about, you know what, um, the, this is the details, and, and we get into maintenance mode of, of okay, we just, this is something we do every year, so what pieces do we need to get, blah, 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 blah. But we, and, 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 and those are all important, but we need people who, have, who, are, who are willing to look at the bigger picture and say, where are we going? Where is God taking us? And, and if you're interested in that, we can get a team of us together and start thinking about what God is calling us to next um, and, and where we're supposed to take these things. 
uh, that would be amazing. So yeah. if any of those are areas that you would like to, uh, that, that you are interested in becoming more involved in, please talk to me. I would, I'd love to just have that conversation. And if you approach me about it, that doesn't mean you're locked in. Okay, you might be locked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just, if you're just, you just have a little bit of interest and you just want to have the conversation, I'll have the conversation with you. No strings attached. You don't have to be um, commit to it, and we can see where we go from there. Yeah. But I uh, would love to have that conversation with you. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks. So <clears throat> one thing that Daniel said that I thought is very um, appropriate um, you know, we, we, we chase after our desire to live in these God-sized dreams, right? And if it's a God-sized dream, it takes more than us to get it done. And what happens is we have this ability to take these dreams and bring them down to a place where we can manage it. We can manage it. And once we can manage it, we don't need God. Think about that. Think about that. We do that all the time. I, I know you don't. I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. And so what Daniel was saying and what we're inviting is help us to get the God-sized dreams that it's going to take all of us to get it done, that we can't manage it, that we have to live in a place of what we call risk, faith, where we have to go, God, if you don't show up, we're in trouble, that we have to get on our knees and beg for money, where we have to get on our knees and beg for laborers because this thing is so big, where we are so desperate, we have to do something because we can't do it and we can't manage it. That is what we're called to, folks. That is a great time to say, Amen. I am so with you. <laughs> but, you know, it, but it takes a willing heart. And so as we talked about in our, you know, that our whole, you know, journey with Jesus, and this is all part of it, as we talked about there where Jesus was going to his last supper and he, and he washes his disciples' feet. And I just want to revisit that for a second because in that particular sermon day, we invited people to stand up. And I'd say almost everybody stood up. I get it, and I, you know, and I'm going, all right, Lord, you saw, you saw with your own eyes. You're looking down, you're around, you're here everywhere, God, and you saw them stand up. I'm with them. I'm standing with them. Now, begin to move us forward with that passion. Begin to stir in our hearts what it means to be a man, a woman, a young adult, a teenager, a child of the bowl and the towel. And so we know that evening that as Jesus prepared and he takes off his outer garment, and he takes the bowl, and he takes the towel, and he invites them, and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. You know, you're, the, the text is really clear. It's, very, it, it, it's a word picture, and we can see it. And we've, like I said earlier, we have great pictures and artists throughout the centuries depict that moment. But then he comes to Peter, 
And then Peter says, oh, no, Lord, no, 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 you're not going to wash these feet. No, 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 you're, you're the Messiah. You're not going to take the towel and look at, they, 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 haven't seen a, they haven't seen water for days. You know? No, it's too embarrassing. It's humbling. You can't do this. I'm wondering if there's ways that we say that to Jesus in our walk. Where, where, where we say to Jesus, no, you can't, you can't do it. No. No. Don't, don't, don't heal me of that. If you healed me of that, I wouldn't know how to live. And then Jesus said, well, if you don't let me wash your feet, Peter, you don't have any part of me. Oh, that got his attention, right? He responded quickly. And I don't blame him. I love his, oh, Lord. Oh, hey, you mean not only these stinky, ugly feet that have been traveling all over Galilee and, you know, and just, you know, and through the cow and sheep fields and all that kind of stuff. You just put that in your head. Anyways, you know, hard, calloused, Probably haven't had a manicure ever, right? <laughs> Not only those, but head toe, all of me. It's like that. What Daniel has on his T-shirt, I'm all in. I'm all in. From head to toe, I'm I'm in, Lord. But then Jesus said these words. Through that whole series out of John 13. And you might want to read through it on your own time. And just say, Lord, teach me. Stir this. Speak to me through this. He said, you call me teacher. You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right because that's what I am. And since I your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You ought to wash each other's feet as I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now, he, Jesus said elsewhere, he says, they'll know who you are by how you love one another. And we know in Galatians that the scripture tells us that, that, that mercy, love, the presence of the Holy Spirit, all of that starts in the household of God. But it doesn't stay there. It does not stay there, brothers and sisters. It starts with us. But it needs a permit. It needs to flow outwards. It is like the rock in the glassy lake that has the ripples that go out. That's what it needs. And I, I just want to say, that is what our culture needs that our, actually our culture desire, desires it, but doesn't know how to put language to it. They have all of these other voices coming out. Have all of these other voices, but there is one voice, one voice, that is sustainable through all eternity. One. One voice. And we're looking for that. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be shown kindness. Everybody wants to be accepted, right? Right? You wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to know what, what purpose of life was. 
I was, that's what started me on my journey. What is life really all about? You know, am I supposed to get married and have kids and then work my fingers to the bones like my parents did all their lives? I wasn't sure. I was willing, I think. I can say this. I was a lot more willing after I got saved. <laughs> after I gave my life to Jesus. I was way more willing then. Before then, I was a lot more self-centered. Anyway, so let's move on. So, so we know what Jesus is saying here. And then Jesus also said, thinking about this idea of being outward focused, thinking about loving God and loving people. I mean, we put that up as a visual because that's our mission statement, right? That's what we're about. We are about loving God, making Jesus famous. Not about making Oasis famous. Not about having our cards scattered throughout the, that everybody's talking about Oasis. No! We want people talking about Jesus. That is who I want to see people talking about. I know if they're talking about Jesus, they're going to land someplace good. Right? And it doesn't necessarily need to be Oasis. There's a lot of great places to land. We want Jesus to be famous. I want Jesus to be famous in my heart. I want my, here's a word for all of us. I want my exterior life to reflect my interior life. Well, let me tell you something. That's a heck of a lot easier said than done. Now, I got some action there. Now we're preaching, brother. Anyways, but it's possible because that's, that's how we make Jesus famous. And that's what we want. That's truly what we're about. We focus on kids because God opened that door and it was bigger than us. And we're looking for bigger than us again. We want to continue with that. But then Jesus just talked about the Good Samaritan. Remember the story out of Luke of the Good Samaritan? Where Jesus, because the scribe, the lawyer of the law, came to Jesus and said, well, who is my neighbor? And to me, you, you just want, sometimes you just want to go, duh, who do you think your neighbor? Of course, he's thinking about Leviticus, right? And Leviticus talks about your neighbor is your countryman. So Jesus had to, exp- had to expound that. He had to open it up, as you, as you often hear him say in the Gospels. Well, you've heard them say this, but I say to you. Now, this is one of those, I say to you, this is who your neighbor is. And he goes on, he talks about the priest, this poor guy that's on the road that was literally stripped naked. This is still PG. Anyways, literally stripped naked on the road, on the road to Damascus. And all these people, priests came by, walked on the other side, because he was probably not a Jew and didn't want to enter. You know, some merchants came by, but then the guy from Samaria came by. And he, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Do you ever watch anything on the news and you ask yourself, why am I so calloused about this? You ever see anything and say, 
I'm, I'm looking at this picture or this clip. I should be tears right now. Why aren't I in tears about that situation? Why, why am I not moved emotionally about that situation? Have you ever, ever thought about in those terms? I remember I was, I think it was a Life magazine or a People magazine, and it was a reflection. Oh, I now I remember. It was about when the A-bomb was dropped, and there was a picture of that scene, famous picture, um, naked girl coming out with a big smoke behind it. It's a famous picture. And I was looking at it, and I'm going, I'm going to stare at this until I get a tear. And I sat there with it. I said, because I am a too calloused. Where is the compassion in my heart? So I sat there and looked at that until I get a tear. And I'm not saying that's an exercise for you, but we need to be self-aware enough that the, thing, the terrible things that go on around us need to move us in many different ways, Right? Daryl, you're being too heavy. I got it. I know. I'll move on. But anyways, the guy from Samaria, Samaritan, he takes, picks this guy up, puts him on his... He, we don't know if, you know, he, he gets him to a place of safety. In verse 33 of chapter 10 of Luke, it says, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. It's the idea. Now remember when Jesus saw the multitudes, and he says, and he was moved with compassion? I am asking for you and I for the compassion of Jesus. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. And then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to the end where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper the silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time. He says, I'll just pay you when I come through again. That's outward focused. That is outward focus. That is outward ministry. That is responding. There's two other scriptures that I, I want to just talk about quickly. And then uh, let's have the worship team come forward as I do so. One scripture is out of Acts. Well, there's one, one. Before I leave this, Jesus said this. Now remember, he told, he told the disciples to wash each other's feet. And then here, as he's talking to the scribe and those around him, he said, and then Jesus said, now you go and do the same. So Jesus said, look, Here's a story. This is how you, you do it. And then we've talked about the art of neighboring. And I, I, think, I think neighbor, we, 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 a good place to start is your, your neighborhood. That's an art of neighboring. But art of neighboring is outward focus. It's a lifestyle. 
I want to make everybody my neighbor, don't you? I want to, everybody I know by their first name. I want to start beginning to learn how to make them my neighbor. How to let my love and my light shine to them. So, there's, an, there's a scripture in it's Acts 4.32. You might want to go home and just read over it. But it said this. It said, and it's talking about here, here the, the move of the Holy Spirit. The church is being birthed. This is the very first Jesus movement. And Jesus has been moving ever since. I mean, we have these what we call revival, histor- historical revival, revivals in the United States and throughout the world, throughout the globe. But right here, the birthing of the church. But he said this that I think is, is so compelling to me that I've been pondering it and praying about. He said this, and now the multitudes of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. They were of one heart and of one soul. And I thought, there you go. One heart and one soul. One heart. There's no autonomy here. This is a community people. There is no, there is no, hey, this is all about me, myself, and I. This is about the community. One heart, one soul, Jesus. One heart, one soul. That is what outward focus is about. You might do it as an individual, but you're connected to the collective. And then lastly, Romans 12. Where Paul, as he wrote to the Roman church, he says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And the idea of transformation there, the picture of it is a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. That's that same Greek word. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. That's what it is. That's us. We we move from our own self-wretched person into this loving, giving, Surrendering, kind, benevolent, benevolent, excuse me, Richard, um, person. That is you. That's what God is. He's transforming you into his image, is what the scripture says. He's tra- and by the way we do this is we take up the bowl and the towel and we begin to serve people around us. How can I help? How can I help you? Now, here's the deal. You got to know, the discerning part of this is we have to know the leading of the Spirit of God. Because you can drive yourself crazy trying to serve every need around you, right? Finally, Daryl, you said something. You know, because the needs are overwhelming, aren't they? 
They are overwhelming. What I suggest is do what Jesus asks of you. What's that mean? Do what Jesus asks of you. So your question might be, Lord, are you asking me to do something here? Which means, it's a whole other thing here, but which means you need, to, you need to learn the voice of God in your life. And it doesn't happen without taking risk. And you'll, you'll make some mistakes along the way. That's part of the deal. You'll make some, and you can come back to me and say, I did this, and it was a mistake, so uh, that sermon was worthless, and I'm going to say, I, I did the disclaimer right there. <laughs> You're going to make mistakes. We will. But we have to, right? We have to make mistakes. If we want to grow, we have to make mistakes, don't we? I got history. I got a lot more mistakes than you guys do. Catch up. We're going to take our offering now. And it's a great time to put your uh, Connect card in, the, in our bag. That way we can get some numbers of things. And we, here again, this is not for our guests. This is just our way to take care of some family business. And we're so grateful to your faithfulness and your generosity to us. And while they're kind of doing this, I'm going to take, I want to put in a plug in for the, the spiritual autobiography. It is a great way to get to know your church family. This is a great way to hear about your church family. So if there's any way possible you can make it, I suggest you do. Because it's, it's like a living will. This spiritual autobiography is living. Because it's your life. But again, it's just a wonderful way to get to know one another. And it's fun. It's really fun. You're, you'll be able to make fun of me. I promise. <laughs> And you don't need me to do that, but I know it's more fun when I'm there to make fun of. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. We're going to uh, have one, one more song. We're going to invite the uh, ministry team to come forward. And this issue, I want to I invite you. This issue about the bowl and the towel and standing up, I want to be a servant leader and stuff, is huge. And we, and if you, every time I say that, every time I talk about servant leadership, when I talk about the bowl and the towel, when I, when we just talk about John 13 in general, your heart leaps. You, you kind of go, oh man, the spirit of God comes on you when you think about it. You go, you know, you know, and I want to invite you to come up for prayer. I want to invite you to come up for prayer. So let's stand. Come on. As we sing and worship, just come on up for prayer. We're up here to pray for people. Amen. Amen. So let us let me just close this in prayer. And I know that there's the movement of God in our in this place. And we're grateful for your presence, Lord. So let us, let us pray. Father, we want, we want to not only be an outward-focused community, but Lord, I want to be an outward-focused person.
And help us to recognize your movement around us all the time. Help us to recognize when you're inviting us to participate with you in a given situation. Help us. Help us to see that. Lord, and we ask, Father, I ask for grace and mercy on each and every brother and sister here. Grace and mercy. I ask for your provision, for your insight. I ask, Father, for wisdom, kindness, and courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you need, we're up here, we still want to pray, but we're also taking an awesome photo today. We're taking an awesome